BakerBots LLP provides podcasts for educational purposes only. They are not legal advice. This communication may constitute attorney advertising. Welcome to the Environmental Evolutions Podcast, where we explore the changing landscape of environmental law and policy. I'm your host, Megan Burge, coming to you from San Diego, California. Joining me today is Cameron Rafferty, the president of the Crypto Mining and Staking Sustainability Association, known as SIMSA, and Allison Watkins-Malik, partner in our San Francisco office. Today, we will be discussing the future of sustainable digital assets. Allison, Cameron, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Cameron, before I get started, can you tell us a little bit about SIMSA and what you're working on? SIMSA, CMSSA, the Cryptocurrency Mining and Staking Sustainability Association, is a nonprofit creating sustainability standards for the blockchain industry so that institutional funds with ESG and impact mandates can invest certifiably in blockchain companies and new blockchain startups. Essentially, were the lead for the digital asset industry. Cameron, can you talk a little bit about what is cryptocurrency and crypto mining? Yeah, so cryptocurrency is a digital virtual currency that that uses cryptography for security uh, and is decentralized, meaning basically it's not controlled by any government or institution or central authority outside the chain. Crypto mining is the process by which you create token rewards via adding new blocks on a blockchain. In a blockchain network, miners and nodes um, compete to solve complex mathematical problems in order to create new blocks and earn rewards. And so when a miner successfully solves the equation, the problem, and creates a new block, that block is then added to the blockchain and the miner is rewarded with a certain amount of cryptocurrency as well as any transaction fees associated with the transactions included in the block. Basically, mining is an important way to to maintain the overall integrity of the blockchain. What are some of the environmental sustainability concerns associated with crypto mining? Basically, the main environmental sustainability concern is the fact that it just consumes quite a bit of energy. And it's pretty taxing on local electric grids. Also, the power mix of energy that's consumed by the miners, depending on the jurisdiction. This is a huge concern as we move forward into the future. So it sounds like it really focuses on the amount of energy used by the industry to conduct these activities, the mix of that energy, meaning is that demand being served by renewables or fossil, and how to manage some of those needs in a way to allow it to continue to develop going forward. On that front, Allison, as someone who supports folks in this space from the environmental compliance perspective, Do you have additional thoughts on sustainability concerns in this growing arena? Well, as Cameron mentioned, the crypto mining process is very energy intensive. And so that energy has to come from somewhere. When we're talking about energy that's generated by fossil fuel fired sources, there's emissions to the air that are associated with that generation, as well as other local environmental impacts. We also are having conversations about the concentration of impacts from crypto mining operations on the local communities where they're situated and whether those communities are bearing the brunt of impacts associated with crypto mining. Out of curiosity, do we know how crypto compares 
to a, a comparable industry in terms of its energy use. So Bitcoin consumes, let's say, about 114 terawatt hours per year, while the, let's say, the banking industry, let's just compare this to the banking industry for a second, because they're pretty comparable to each other in their form. The banking industry consumes about 264 terawatt hours per year. So that's about double that than what the miners are actually currently consuming. That is really fascinating. I'm a bit surprised at that number. That brings us to the bigger picture question, which is what is being done by the federal government at this point to address environmental sustainability concerns? So we've seen activity at the federal level this past year in terms of the administration's focus on the industry as a whole. And where we first saw that arise was back in March of 2022 with the issuance of an executive order, and that's EO14067, addressing the crypto industry. It had several topics that you would expect, consumer protection, financial crimes, but it also addressed climate impacts and environmental pollution. And so the headline from that EO is a call for a cross-agency report to assess those impacts by the end of the year. And what was interesting about that request was that it called for recognition of both the potential benefits of using blockchain in terms of supporting efforts to uh, monitor climate impacts as well as supporting mitigating technologies, but also the burdens associated with the industry, specifically for the energy grid, grid management and reliability, and sources of energy supply. So fast forward six months, in September, that report came out and it quantified the energy usage from the industry and also attempted to forecast the increasing energy demand associated with the industry. Um, and it provided additional information or assessment of kind of those benefits that the industry could provide in terms of supporting environmental management and climate change efforts as well as looking at the potential environmental burdens associated with the growth in the industry. That report put out some recommendations for future research going forward, specifically calling for an effort cross-agency and also engaging with stakeholders and the industry itself to develop environmental performance standards for responsible design development and the use of environmentally responsible crypto asset technologies. And it specifically asked for those standards to address energy intensity, water usage, the noise associated with operations, and clean energy usage. It also called for continuing information gathering with respect to energy uses and usage and environmental impacts, an increase in reporting transparency across the industry, and then coordination with Congress to establish energy conservation standards for equipment, blockchain, and other operations. Cameron, I'd be interested in any perspective you would like to add on the report and the federal activities. Well, essentially, we can't stop regulation with regards to mining, with regards to sustainability. The Bitcoin network is going to consume an insane amount of energy in the future. So we really need regulation soon. You can't have a jurisdiction completely collapse underneath the weight of the grid that has all the miners that's a really interesting perspective, Cameron, is that the industry actually may support regulation coming in to make sure that its energy needs are met while not disrupting sort of its neighbors and being a good neighbor. It would be great to hear a little bit more about what is happening at the state and local level. 
So there are pockets of the country where there is more activity in this space than others. And we are seeing states react to that increase in activity. So let's talk about New York. New York has made headlines for its stance in response to crypto mining activities within its borders. Most notably, at the end of November of last year, uh, Governor Hochul signed a bill that was passed by the New York State Legislature to impose a two-year moratorium on the use of fossil fuel-fired power plants to provide energy to mining operations like Bitcoin. Um, We've also seen it played out in New York, where the state administrative agencies are taking action on specific mining operations. So there, over the summer, the State Department of Environmental Conservation actually denied the renewal of an existing air operating permit for a power plant that was primarily serving a crypto mining operation. Well, Cameron, I guess that brings up a great question, which is, what is already being done within the industry to address these concerns? So, so I'm the president of SIMSA, C-M-S-S-A. We're a nonprofit creating sustainability standards for the blockchain industry so that institutional funds with ESG impact mandates can invest certifiably in uh, blockchain companies. So it's one of these things where SIMSA is coming together with the big four accounting firms and a few other large institutions to try to figure out how we can create these kind of standards. You mentioned coming together with some of the accounting firms in this space to come up with standards. Can you talk a little bit about that? Currently, the members that we have with SIMSA, we're helping to create these sustainability standards so that the Bitcoin mining industry doesn't necessarily have to depend on grid energy, like they can actually mine off the grid in stranded areas, wind farms, solar facilities that are not necessarily touching the grid so that it doesn't create more load on the grid. I think that's the main focus for a lot of Bitcoin mining companies. How do we just mine on our own in wind farms in the middle of Texas or solar farms in the middle of Phoenix and not have to worry about taxing the grid? And in some cases, it's cheaper to do it that way because grid infrastructure coming from in the middle of nowhere to the city is extremely expensive. So If a miner is sustainably mining off-grid, away from everybody, not only is it cheaper, but it's more effective. And uh, the traditional approach to, hey, let's just use, you know, the state grid, the federal grid, the local grid, this mindset that Bitcoin miners have had for so many years is now moving towards, hey, forget the grid, let's just do this on our own. And that's actually pretty exciting. And those are the standards that we're kind of creating right now. Yeah, you're talking about co-location, and I can definitely see a lot of appeal between co-locating facilities. What innovation is the industry really looking at today to deal with some of the challenges that you've outlined today? So there's a few different innovations, but the one that I think is the most interesting is flare mining, which potentially is mitigative to the climate problem, and I'll explain why. So flare mining essentially uses the waste gas from excess methane that is leaking out of the ground at a particularly active oil well to mine Bitcoin. So essentially they show up, they drill, and then there's something called associative gas that comes out of these holes. It's basically you got oil and you got gas and you have to capture that gas or that gas is extremely dangerous to the environment. 
So typically they flare it and they just set it on fire. So essentially what you do is instead of flaring that gas, you run it through a generator, you pull up a bunch of Bitcoin miners, little shipping container with racks and racks of these ASIC miner machines. They basically power these systems. So this actually takes out a good majority of the CO2 that otherwise would have been flared into the environment when you actually just power these Bitcoin machines with the methane gas. Cameron, it seems like flare mining is a win-win across the board. Thank you for that explanation. Allison, does that align with what you're seeing trend-wise? Yeah, I think so. And I'll just note that EPA currently is proposing revised regulations for methane emissions from the oil and gas sector to further ratchet down those compliance obligations. And so I think that may have the impact of further incentivizing folks to increase their operations with flare mining. Nice when a plan comes together. Are there other risks associated with environmental sustainability concerns that the industry should be following? I can flag two areas that I think the industry should be watching. The first is a rulemaking that's coming out of the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, which relates to public disclosures around greenhouse gas emissions reporting. This rule would impact public companies that are required to file financial disclosures. And the SEC is proposing that those financial disclosures be required to include disclosures related to climate impacts and greenhouse gas emissions associated with that company's operations. And what's interesting about that proposal is that it would include reporting on what is called scope two greenhouse gas emissions, which are emissions associated with a company's energy consumption. So you can imagine for any company that's publicly traded that has crypto operations, you'd be looking at more sources of energy supply and the greenhouse gas emissions associated with that. And that is the type of information that would be required to go into your public financial disclosures under this rulemaking. The other area that I would flag is a more traditional environmental law concern that companies who have been operating for a long time with physical presences in the country will be familiar with, but maybe more novel to a younger industry like the crypto industry. There's a long history of lawsuits that are filed against large sources of emissions or, or any sort of company that has a large physical presence that may have an environmental impact. And as Cameron was mentioning, we may see the industry moving towards owning its own generation or relying on its own source of co-located energy generation. And so this is a concern that may be of increasing importance for the industry. When you have a sort of physical operation that has an environmental impact, whether that's emissions to air or water usage or impacts on wildlife, you have to be thinking about the various environmental obligations that apply to that kind of operation. And then also the risk of litigation that you could be facing just because of the impacts that your operations may have locally on the environment or on nearby communities. Alison, thank you for that overview of the various moving pieces that folks should keep their eye on. Cameron, we've talked a lot today about what is happening in the United States in this space. Can you talk a little bit about how that compares to what you see going on in other parts of the world? Yeah, so with regards to the developments of the European Union, uh, the EU does not have the authority to regulate Bitcoin mining directly. 
Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are not issued or controlled by any general uh, central authority. Instead, the EU is focused on regulating the use and trade of crypto, as well as the activities of the businesses and individuals that provide services related to cryptocurrencies, but they literally can't stop Bitcoin mining. With that said, the EU has taken a number of steps to address the concerns around the environmental impact of Bitcoin mining. For example, in 2021, the EU released a set of recommendations for the sustainable development of cryptocurrency mining, which included guidelines for improving energy efficiency and reducing the environmental impact of mining operations. The EU also proposed legislation that would require companies engaged in crypto mining to disclose their energy consumption and carbon emissions, as well as their efforts to re reduce their environmental impact. In addition, the EU has supported research and development efforts aimed at developing more sustainable and energy efficient technologies for cryptocurrency mining. Fascinating to hear how the two different regimes have come down on this. Different challenges in different places, I suppose. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our discussion today. Allison, any final words? I think this is a extremely interesting and fast moving area of on the ground development, but also legal development in terms of how the federal government is thinking about trying to potentially regulate this industry in response to the concerns that we are seeing associated with energy usage and potential climate and environmental impacts. So I think that this is a space to watch for all of us who are interested in environmental regulations. Well, that brings us to the end of our discussion today. And I sure learned a lot. Allison, Cameron, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. This was a lot of fun today. All right, folks, Allison's contact information as well as information on SIMSA and Cameron's efforts are available in our episode notes. With that, I'm Megan Birch. Thank you for spending time with me today. Thank you for listening to this BakerBots podcast. For more information on BakerBots practices, please visit us at bakerbots.com. For over 180 years, through 13 offices in nine countries, BakerBots has the experience, knowledge, and people to solve our clients' most significant legal issues. This presentation is provided by BakerBots LLP for educational and informational purposes only. It is not legal advice. Under the rules of certain jurisdictions, this communication may constitute attorney advertising.